friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast. Unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items. Like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from High V and Toyson Ford. I'm Dan Casper, as always, for every single episode of the Man Cave Podcast. How are your brackets looking? Huh? How are they looking right now? Are you uh, in good shape? I got my Final Four team still remaining. I went with Alabama, Kansas State, uh, Houston, and UCLA, but I'm not com- I'm still not comfortable. I wasn't comfortable before the bracket challenge or before I you know after I turned it filled out my bracket and turned it in I wasn't confident in that thing at all and I'm still not even though after we've had a lot of upsets and and some madness going on I'm still not feeling great but I mean I know I'm in a better position than than a lot of people out there so but uh if you could redo your 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 final four what would it be what would it be uh get to that in a second I want to talk a little badger of Mintaki. Also, Peter King hopping on to obviously a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk, NFL insider Peter King, good friend of the, uh, good friend uh, Peter King, uh, going to be uh, talking the latest and his thoughts on the whole Packers and Aaron Rodgers situation. But uh, so my final four, like I said, it's intact for me. If I had to change it, if I could adjust it right now, uh, I would stay with Alabama. I would stay with Houston, even though I'm I'm a little bit nervous about that. Uh, I would probably stay with Kansas State, although I think Tennessee can give them a little bit of a fit. The one that I would probably change is UCLA, just because of the whole health. I I don't know if if that's going to be a factor. I look at that. They've They've got Gonzaga. That could be, I think, is the best game in Sweet 16 is Gonzaga versus UCLA. But if I could change it, I would put UConn in that final four. You got UConn, you got the Zags, you've got uh, uh, you got UCLA in there. UConn's going up against Arkansas now that uh, Kansas is out. But that would be the one I would change. I would swap out UCLA and I would put UConn in that thing. But I mean, what a what a weekend of games! What a first couple rounds. You have Purdue becoming the second one seed of all time, losing. Kansas loses in the second round. Virginia lost in the first round. Arizona lost in the first round. I mean, Marquette losing in the second round as a two seed too. So, I mean, there's been some nutty, nutty stuff going on. And really, I mean, we kind of thought heading into this that there was going to be some parity, that there was going to be some new teams in this thing. I think what's kind of a little bit surprising is that one, it actually happened, and two, it's from some teams though too we've never even heard of or never even thought of. I mean, you got Princeton, we know about them, but you know, not necessarily for basketball sense, but at least we've heard of them. We've never heard of, you know, Dickinson and, and, and these teams. And, you know, we've kind of heard of FAU mostly for football and such. But, you know, it's it's been a crazy, crazy first four days of this NCAA tournament. And I love it. I love it. And uh, I know for some of you, you may not right now at this point because your brackets are busted. But it's been entertaining, hasn't it? No doubt about it. Uh, before we get to, to Peter, too, I did want to note, 
Mark Johnson, Badger women's hockey coach, getting his seventh national title as the Badgers beat Ohio State one to nothing. And I honestly feel like, my opinion, Mark Johnson, everybody knows Mark Johnson. If you're a Badgers fan, you know about Mark Johnson. You know about his playing career. You know about the 1980 Olympics. You know about the success he has had as a as a head coach with the Badger women's hockey program. You know he's won a few national tournaments. I do really feel like some people would say that they didn't realize it was seven national titles. But I think he does kind of get overlooked or or he kind of forgotten too. When we talk about, like we were talking about Mount Rushmore's, and I know everybody kind of overplays Mount Rushmore's when it comes to sports talk and all that. But in terms of like Badger, Wisconsin Badger sports figures, not just players, but coaches and athletic directors and, and anybody involved in the athletics program, I feel like, you know, you kind of forget about him a little bit, or they used to. You know, Barry's always up there. Ron Dane seems to be the most popular player to put on there. Bo Ryan's a popular pick on there. And then you'd have, you know, Eric Hayden is a good pick. I I wouldn't argue with that. Uh, Bob Johnson, if you want the national titles for the men's side of things. Crazy Legs Hirsch. You know, you've had other picks. We asked about this on the radio show, and and ultimately when the votes were tabulated, it was Barry Alvarez, it was Ron Dane, it was Bo Ryan, and it was Mark Johnson. But I feel like if we ask this, and I know we have in the past, but if we asked this before the you know season started, maybe a few months ago, I don't know if Mark Johnson would be in there. I think there would be a debate for number four, and some people would put Mark Johnson. But I don't feel like the majority of votes would have gone that way. And I feel like Mark Johnson needs to be on there. He needs to be on there. Seven national titles. I mean, come on. That's impressive. Maybe Kelly Sheffield uh, will get in that conversation, winning a national championship uh, You know, this past this the other year here. So add on a couple more of those. He could be in that conversation as well, women's volleyball coach. But for me, I think, I think Mark Johnson kind of, everybody, he's popular. Everybody knows about him. Everybody knows about his accolades. But I still feel like he gets a little underrated or maybe a little bit overlooked. Maybe that's just me. But I'd put him on my Mount Rushmore with Barry Alvarez. I'd probably put Bo Ryan on there. <sighs> Player one gets interesting, though. I know Ron Dane, rushing record, Heisman, and we're just talking about their careers with the Badgers. We're not talking about professional careers or anything like that. But, yeah, it would be hard. I'd go Eric Hayden or, or Ron Dane for, for my pick, to be honest with you. So, all right. But let's get to it. You're probably listening to this because you want to hear what Peter King has to say about uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers uh, situation. So quick break, and then our conversation with NFL insider NBC Sports, Football Morning in America, and the Peter King Podcast. Mr. Peter King joins me. The reviews are in. It's the best thing I have ever tasted in my life. This is the best thing that's happened in my life, even better than my wedding. That's what everyone has to say about Man Cave Light, the official beer of the Dan Casper Show and the Man Cave Podcast. Try it for yourself, and you will know exactly why people say it's like sipping a little bit of heaven. Man Cave Light is available on tap at the bar in High V. You can also grab a crawler or six and take some Man Cave Light home with you. So go try your new favorite beer, Man Cave Light, today, and you will know exactly why one reviewer said, I cry tears of joy every time I have one. 
Family-owned and operated, Toys and Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand-new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and part centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa falls joining me now is the writer for football morning in america the host of the peter king podcast from nbc sports nfl insider peter king peter it's great to catch up with you again this morning and uh big thanks for for hopping on and and chatting with us here a little bit good morning dan how's everything in How's everything in Wisconsin? You know, uh, we don't have a shortage of topics to be talking about right now. That that that's for yeah. sure. Kind of a <laughs> uh, throwback to 15 years ago. It seems like I know you and I have kind of talked about that in the past. You know, with Rogers kind of hee hawing in the off season, but here we are again, 15 years later, and it sounds like he's going to be going to the Jets. Would you have ever thought, you know, back in 2008, we'd be here again 15 years later? No, but I mean. The weirdness about this is how incredibly coincidental it is, because obviously nobody knew in 2008 that Aaron Rodgers, after three years of mostly sitting on the bench and barely playing, was going to turn out to be great. Now no one knows whether Jordan Love, after three years of mostly sitting on the bench, is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know. Uh, we didn't know at the time how long Brett Favre was going to play for the Jets. Turned out to be one year, and we don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets, assuming that he does. And I think that honestly is one of the things that's holding up this trade. Mm-hmm. Because if you're the New York Jets, I I don't know how on God's green earth you can give up a, a draft choice in the first half of the first round of this year's draft for a guy who might play for you for one year. It's, you know, if Aaron Rodgers plays for one year, it's the ultimate example of a sugar rush, Mm. you you know? And so that's why I think, and look, I don't know how these discussions are going. Both Green Bay and the Jets have kept a pretty good lid on it. But the fact is, that I wouldn't be surprised if this took a while, you know, to get the compensation done, because I'm sure the Packers figure, look, he said that he wants to play for the Jets. You guys clearly want him to play for you. There's no other options out here right now. So we're not handing them to you. You, You're going to have to give us something significant. So, We'll see how it goes. Yeah, in your latest column uh, that dropped this morning, you, you kind of talked about that, a second-round pick this year, and then you know maybe if he does play and plays over 100 snaps, then a 2025 first-rounder. If he does play but doesn't play those snaps, then it's a third-rounder. I know a lot of people can been thrown out like a Matthew Stafford trade comparison, but it seems like maybe a little bit more of a Brett Favre trade comparison when the Packers traded him to the Jets. I mean, it can't be Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford was, what, 33 years old when mm-hmm. he got traded? Aaron Rodgers is 39, and he turns 40 this season. I mean, you, you got to be realistic here. And realism, to me, is uh, basically saying to your, uh, to your fan base, 
uh, and and for the Jets to be saying to their t- fan base, we're not. Um, yeah, we desperately want Rodgers, obviously. Um, and I, I think one of the things, Dan, that has to be concerning, like if I were if I were the Jets, honestly, I would be listening to uh, Aaron Rodgers' statement that. Um, when I went into the darkness retreat, I was 90% retired. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that that really undermines what Green Bay wants to get in trade for Aaron Rodgers. Because mm-hmm. what are you giving for a guy who says, well, you know, I was 90% retired, and then I changed my mind. I mean, here's a guy who, and look, I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers for what's going through his head, but I am saying it's pretty hard to plan your future around a 39-year-old quarterback who says that three weeks ago he was 90%, think he was 90% retired. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, look, I'm not sure that I would have gone as far down the road as the Jets are, but here we are. Peter King, NBC Sports, joining us here this morning. A uh, lot of debate last week, especially on, on Twitter and social media, is who holds leverage in this situation? In your opinion, who do you think holds the leverage? Is it the Packers or the Jets? I don't really know that either side has as much leverage as it would think that it would. I mean, Packers could say, well, we hold this valuable property, and you have gone through, you know, you as the New York Jets have gone through the very early stage of free agency and lost every quarterback you might have used uh, as a bridge to whether it's going to be Zach Wilson in the future or a new quarterback in the future. So you have to play ball with us, and you have to pay what we say for Aaron Rodgers. On the other hand, if you're the New York Jets, you say, hold on a minute. This is clearly a guy you don't want anymore. You've had your fill of Aaron Rodgers and his wishy-washiness about the future is unwillingness to participate fully in the off-season program when you have a bunch of new players around them. So, you know, you know you want to get rid of them, so go ahead, hang on to them, keep hanging on, and have them go on Pat McAfee every week and and ream you out for, uh, you know, for holding them hostage. Mm-hmm. It, it, Aaron Rodgers really presents a lot of unique issues. And I thought it was interesting. Randy Mueller, former NFL GM, uh, was on Mike Sando's podcast over the weekend, and he basically said, you've got this, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to employ Aaron Rodgers because, you know, you have to be sitting there every Tuesday when he's on with Pat McAfee for an hour or however long he's on for and, you know, wondering what bomb he's going to drop on that show. Mm-hmm. And here you are, you're just you're just trying to run a football team. And, you know, you're talking about Joe Rogan, you're talking about COVID, you're talking about, uh, you know, conspiracy theories. You're, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's exhausting sometimes to have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. 
as you know, Dan, because you've you've been in the belly of the beast mm-hmm. throughout his entire career. So, I I mean, honestly, if I'm the Jets, I am just sitting back. I'm being patient. I'm engaging Green Bay in conversation, but I just I just let it sit for the next two or three weeks. I really would. You're not going to start your off-season program until mid to late April anyway. And also, you know, although you want Aaron Rodgers in your off-season program, you kind of figure he's not going to come for every day of it. So I would I'd honestly say, Dan, until you get to the week of the draft, that's when I would start to worry. When you're in the week of the draft, and I honestly think it'll be before then, but I would start to worry if it gets to be the week of the draft and then both sides might be so dug in uh, that they might have an issue getting it done by then. But anyway, we'll see. I, I really don't think it's going to come to that. These are reasonable people in both front offices. You know, I was going to ask you about uh, this next question and kind of listening to you talk about, you know, his appearances on Pat McAfee, and that was kind of something I was wondering here too. But, you know, ever since this offseason has started from our listeners, and it seems like this is the case all over the fan base, there's a slight majority that want Rodgers out of Green Bay, that they want to move on from him, which – to me is different than what it was in 2008 where, you know, in that summer you had people flying airplanes with banners, creating websites to bring Favre back and that. It seems like it's a different feel this year, and is it just because people are exhausted from, from Aaron Rodgers and a lot of it maybe is because we hear from him, you know, once a week, every week throughout the season? You would know that, Dan. I don't have a great feel for that. I it seems like that's true, and it seems like, quite honestly, that people uh, are probably tired of this, and I get that, but not living there and not really talking, uh, you know, talking to not only people who live in Wisconsin, but talking to people inside the Packers very much. I don't get great feel for that, but it certainly seems logical. I think one other thing about this whole scenario that is kind of difficult to predict and to project, okay, is that uh, everybody can say right now, man, we're so glad Roger is gone and all that. They have a three-game losing streak in October, and they look like they're falling way behind the Detroit Lions and the Vikings and all that. I, I mean, you're also going to get that level of fan that says, I don't know if I trust my football team because they said Jordan Love was ready, and clearly he's not. So mm-hmm. even though you could draw a very good and apt comparison between Rodgers in 2008 and Love in 2023, Love's still got to go out and do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And and he hasn't done it, and we don't really know. And I don't know that anybody is saying that Jordan Love is going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers was, because that would be, you know, he'd be one of the best quarterbacks ever. So that's why... I think this is a really, really tricky proposition all the way around. I, it's so hard to tell how it's going to 
first of all, how the trade is going to play out and then actually how Jordan Love is going to play. Mm-hmm. You know, one question a lot of our listeners have had the last couple of weeks, and I really don't know the answer to, to this, and I don't know if you would have any insight, but, you know, why did Green Bay do that new deal a year ago with, with him with three years and, you know, with, with all that money? If, if they're so eager to move on from him this year, do you have a sense why they agreed to that new contract just a year ago? Because I think, Dan, at the time they did that deal, they didn't know this was going to be the outcome. They didn't know that uh, that Rodgers was really going to have such a struggle at the start of the uh, 2022 season and, you know, adjusting to a lot of new pieces uh, in the offensive puzzle. And so I think if it had been a typical Green Bay year, I mean, at the start of the year last year, I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. And if that had happened, we probably would have been talking about trading Jordan Love to Washington for a two. You know, so, but right now, obviously the way it went and the fact that Rodgers didn't seem to be all in, there was so much that was like, I think, far toward the end of his deal in 2008 where, you know, you don't want to participate in the off-season program. You're not really sure whether you're coming back. It was it was history repeating itself. Mm-hmm. So if you were the Packers, you go from thinking, okay, we're going to the NFC Championship game or deep in the playoffs every year, and that's going to continue as long as we have Rodgers, so let's pay him make him happy and make him know that uh, you're our guy. And then once it didn't work very well last year, uh, he, you know he doesn't want to be involved in the off-season program much, if at all, uh, you have to say, okay, it's time to move on. Plus, I do think, I honestly think if you gave Mark Murphy sodium pentothal and you you basically got the uh, got the truth out of them. You know they're just tired of the circus. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're just tired of <clears throat> all the other stuff that goes along with Aaron Rodgers. And and look, people are unique. You can't tell Aaron Rodgers stop acting a certain way. I mean, you could, but he's going to say, "See you later." Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think that's part, that has to be part of it from the Packers' standpoint. Uh, Peter, before I let you go, with free agency already, you know, weekend, and so was there was there any move that or any signing that kind of surprised you the most, or you liked the most so far in this off season? The, the I thought the weirdest one was Denver uh, uh, signing Garrett Stidham, you know, to a two year contract, and basically, I don't think Denver did this as a warning uh, shot to Russell Wilson, but. The effect of it is very simple. If Russell Wilson is struggling massively like in October, like he did last October, uh, Sean Payton is going to have a guy who he could put in and win with versus, uh, you know, a succession of backups in Denver that, you know, were not formidable players, the latest of which was Brett Rippon. So I think that's part of it, but also... The reason that that surprised me is that at the scouting combine, I had heard that the Raiders were pushing very hard to try to get him re-signed and wanted him badly. 
and and perhaps as the quarterback of the future. They also wanted to sign Garoppolo, which they ended up doing. But I think at the end of the day that what the Raiders hoped for is to have a quarterback room with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Stidham in it. And I think they're disappointed that Stidham, for only a little bit more money, chose to go to Denver. So I think that'll be a really interesting situation to watch. Mm -hmm. Do you think Lamar Jackson gets uh, an offer sheet from any other team besides uh, the Ravens signing him? My gut feeling is no, but again, you know, I've heard all, when I was at the scouting combine, you hear two things. There's nobody out there who's going to sign him. And then you also heard, which I think is more logical, nobody is going to admit that they're going to strongly consider doing it because they have their own quarterback already. And the only way you do something like this is if you feel like you're actually going to get Lamar Jackson. So that's why most likely they they are going to uh, they're going to operate in as close to secrecy as they can, which they honestly have a chance to do, Dan, because Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. A lot of times, agents like to leak things, um, you know, to reporters. So. I don't think that there's that threat to do it. Let's just say for the sake of argument that Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans are interested in signing Lamar Jackson, which would not be the biggest surprise in the world. And Mike Vrabel flies down to Miami and rents a car and goes and meets Lamar Jackson at some hotel. You know, Vrabel and his, and his calf guy with the Titans and maybe the GM, Rand Carthon. They go and meet him and talk about him and say, "Look, is you know, can we? Do we have any chance of getting anything done?" They talk about it, and if it turns out that they don't have a chance of getting it done, they just get back on their plane, go home, and don't tell anybody about it. Now, maybe it leaks. Who knows? But I'm not positive that it leaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, always, always, thank you for for coming on. I got to tell you really quick. When I told uh, Hudson that uh, I was going to be talking to you again, his response was, "Does that mean we can go out for ice cream again?" So I'll just um, <laughs> <laughs> had next to tell you summer that. maybe, Dan. Okay, tell tell Hudson next 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 summer. But that was a good time meeting you at the Dairy Queen. Me, you, and your family, and. And Jason Garrett, <laughs> that was really a lot of fun. Well, uh, hey, we'll make the trip to Green Bay, too, if that's easier for you. So big thanks for, for doing that. And, and uh, he still kind of talks about that, too, with his with his friends at school. So thank you, Peter. Appreciate oh, that's it. That's cool. All right, Dan, all the best to you. Take care. You, too. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. Big thanks to... Peter King for taking some time and joining us and chatting with us here for a little bit. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, I know I do this at the end of every podcast, but I'm asking for your help. If you're not subscribing or following your, the, this podcast, the Man Cave Podcast, on your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify and Apple, if you could, do me a solid and do so. And while you are there, a five-star review five-star rating depending on the platform you're using so other people can find the podcast but as always big thanks for checking out the podcast and until next time i'm dan casper we'll talk to you on the next episode of the man cave podcast